Welcome to the Florence Crossroad Podcast. We're thrilled to share with you an exciting message from our weekend service. If you would like more information about who we are as a church and how to get involved, feel free to visit florencecrossroadag.org. We hope you have an amazing experience and a great week. Good morning. Blessings to all of you. It's great to be here in the house of the Lord, worshiping the Lord together. Pastor is away, as you probably noticed. Uh, so I am here, uh, not in his place, but I'm here to speak to you this morning. I believe the Lord has given me a word for us today, and I pray that, that you will open your heart to it, open your mind to it, and let's have church, all right? Amen. Didn't you love Jeff's t-shirt on that video? I just couldn't get my eyes off of that skeleton on his chest there. That was impressive, Jeff. Thank, thanks for wearing that. That's great. All right, God bless you. Let's, uh, well, what I want to do this morning is kind of continue what we've been talking about. Pastor's been preaching a great series of messages on the benefits that we have in Christ. There are so many things. It's impossible to cram all that into five or six sermons. just can't be done. So this morning, I want to continue that theme and that thought. If you have a Bible or your phone or iPad, you can turn to Psalm 103, verse 1 and verse 5. Here's what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'd like to focus on that word renewed. I really believe that God wants us to experience the blessing of spiritual renewal. He wants to renew us on a daily basis. It's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing process that we're involved in. You know, I believe in progress. I'm not sure I believe in the progressivism that we're seeing politically today, but I believe as Christians we must continually progress in our faith, in our trust, in our understanding of the Word of God. You might recall Pastor's message last Sunday. He spoke about the benefit of satisfaction. Are you satisfied with Jesus? Is anybody satisfied with Jesus in this room? That's kind of weak. I'll say amen all by myself. <laughs> Only Christ can truly satisfy our souls. There is nothing else that satisfies except Jesus Christ within us. He gives us a sense of satisfaction that nothing else will do. I want to expand on this great theme, focusing on the idea of spiritual renewal. There's a promise in verse 5. It says this, The Lord satisfies our mouth with good things, so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. I really believe the church needs a renewal. I think we need to be revitalized. I think we need to be inspired again. You say, well, I'm inspired. Well, yes, you probably are inspired to some extent, but I think we can get a little bit closer to Jesus, don't you? I think we can get a little bit closer to what God's heart is for the world around us today. God wants to move in us and through us. God wants to use us for his glory. The world wants to confuse 
confuse us. The world wants us to believe that there's really nothing we can do about things. The world wants us to conform. They want to shove us into a mold. But I don't want to be pushed into a mold. Be not conformed to the world. The Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I don't know about you, but I am tired of the world trying to shove me into a box and tell me what to believe. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I believe in the power of God's Word. I believe that hasn't changed. I believe God still wants to cause us to come into that place where we are continually in an aspect of renewal, renewing our mind, renewing our spirit, renewing our hearts. God, renew us. That's my prayer this morning. You know, the scripture talks about the satisfied mouth. What good thing satisfies your mouth? I know you're going to say T-bone. Or you're you're going to say sushi maybe. I mean, there are people that actually like sushi. (laughs) People actually eat that for supper. It's important that we understand what the word says about satisfaction. Like Psalm 119, 103, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Sweeter than honey in my mouth. Honey is a marvelous thing. Brother Dave here raises bees. He produces honey sometimes. It's kind of hard to get it because he never seems to have it when I want it. But I love honey. Do you like honey? Honey is good for you. Honey has been proven to be, uh, because it has antibiotics in it, it's good for your health. It helps you. It heals you. You can put it on wounds, and it will heal your wounds, according to many people. So honey is a good thing, but the Word of God is like honey to my mouth. The Word of God is there to satisfy my desire for sweet things. The Word of God is there to heal me, to preserve me, to bless me. The word is like honey in my mouth. Psalm, one, Psalm 51, or Isaiah 51, verse 16 says this, I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. The word of God in our mouth satisfies us. The word of God really satisfies us in every way. Deuteronomy 30, 14 says, But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. I would love to be able to say that in my life, the word of God is the most important and central thing. I would love to be able to say that not only do I read the word, not only do I study the word, but the word becomes part of who I am, that I become what the word says I am. We're children of God. We're children of the king. We are people that are making progress in the spiritual realm of our lives. That's where we are. That's who we are. God wants us to know that. God wants us to live with that in our hearts. The living word of God is the thing that changes our life. How many of you believe that? The word of God satisfies us. How many of you would like to get your youth back? Any, anybody want to get their youth back? 
they say that the average woman, and I'm not going to pick on the women, but the average woman spends 300 grand in their lifetime on cosmetics. 300,000. The average American woman spends between 10 and $15,000 a year on makeup. That's amazing, isn't it? No telling what guys spend. I mean, guys dye their hair now. Did you know that? You know, it probably costs $50 or $75 to have your hair dyed at the beauty salon, but guys dye their hair because why? They want to look younger. Why do we, why do we spend all this time? Why do, we, why do we go to all these gyms and, and work out? Because we want to look younger, right? It's not helping me much. And I don't mean to say that the women are the only one that spend money to try to look younger. Do you know there's a place uh, where you can take a sip of water and will cause your life to change? You'll be younger again just by taking a few sips from, the, from this well, this spring. It's in St. Augustine, Florida. If you ever get down there, you want to go visit the Fountain of Life. There's a park there, the Fountain of Life, all kind of activities and stuff. You know, the thing that really attracts people to the Fountain of Life Park, though, is southern barbecue. <laughs> it's not so much the water, but it's the southern barbecue that makes people want to go back to that place over and over again. The, there is a real place called the Fountain of Life. Yes, it's real, but I'm not so sure it really works. But I have discovered the Fountain of Life, the living Word of God. If you eat that, you will live. If you eat that, you will progress. You will grow. You will become like the eagle. So I have an eagle up there on the screen where you can barely see him. There's, I mean, bald eagles are amazing. Are they, are they not? In the Bible, they're a symbol of strength. They're a symbol of speed. Bald eagles are one of the most amazing uh, creatures on the face of the earth. There's a lot of interesting things about bald eagles. Pastor mentioned a couple of things last week, but, but I want to talk to you just a little bit about how eagles take care of their young. It's so important. Eaglets are nesting from 10 to 12 weeks. By the time they're nine weeks old, they are fully grown. Some scientists did a study keeping track of all the time that the parent eagles spend at the nest. Once the babies are hatched, the female was present at least 90% of the time and the male 50% of the time at the nest. I want you to keep that in mind. During the study, at least one of the parents was at the nest almost all the time. The young nestlings are directly fed raw meat starting day one. Eagles do not regurgitate their food. They feed their babies raw meat from the very first day that they come out of the egg. When they're hatched, they start feeding them from the prey that they collect. And uh, the female and the male both feed the babies. And they feed them one to eight times every day. One to eight times every day. They'll bring prey to the nest. They'll tear off pieces of prey. And beak to beak, they feed these babies. And they keep them warm. If the sun is really bright, they'll spread their wings and give them shade. They keep them warm until they're able to, to stay in the nest and keep themselves warm. It's interesting how they progress and how they grow. And after the chicks hatch, they're wet, they're exhausted, they're nearly blind, their eyes are closed, and they're dark brown. But within a few hours, the newly hatched chick can't 
can begin to regulate their own body heat. The second day, they can regulate their own body heat. But the, eagle, the eagles still stay with their young. In the second week, the chicks can hold up their heads. After about six weeks, they can tear off meat from the prey themselves and begin to feed themselves. You say, what does all this have to do with me? Adults will feed the babies directly until the eaglets are five or six weeks old, and then they can feed themselves. At nine weeks, they're fully grown. At about 12 or 13 weeks, they're able to fly, and they're able to hunt for themselves. I think this is an amazing thing because, to me, it, talks, it, it shows me how that God takes care of us how that he protects us, how that he stays close to us. You know, the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. God's not going to abandon the nest. He's going to stay with us. He's going to keep us warm. He's going to keep us shaded. He's going to make sure that we have food. And God feeds us his word. We need the word of God to live. If we don't get the word of God in our hearts, we will die. So it's either life or death. We either eat the food or we die. And we need to feed every day. Every day. Amen? You remember in the Old Testament when God provided manna for his people? They got up in the morning and there was manna all over the fields. And they were commanded to collect this manna. But they were only able to collect it for the day. They couldn't collect it for a week because it would spoil. They could just take what was available that day. And they were to eat it that day. They couldn't hide it or keep it later. It had to be fresh every morning. And that's the way the Word of God needs to be in our lives. It needs to be something that we crave, something we desire, something we want every single day. Never let a day go by that you don't feed on the Word of God. It's important. It's important that we do it every day. Just like the eaglets have to be fed one to eight times a day. I don't think we can get enough of God's Word. Amen? I don't think we can get enough. I think we've come to the place in the church where, well, we just go to church, you know, we're going to hear another sermon, we're going to hear another Bible study, and we just go on our way. But it's more than just another sermon. It's more than just another Bible study. It is the living Word of God. God is speaking to us. Are we listening to what he's saying? God never stops speaking, I don't believe. I believe God speaks to us every time, every day. So it's either grow or die. 1 Peter 2, verse 2 and 3. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, get this, as newborn babes, Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. This is wonderful. As babes, you know what a, a, a babe is pure. A newborn babe is pure. A newborn babe is dependent. A newborn babe is hungry. They're hungry all the time. Right? That's all babies do. Cry and eat. Cry and eat, and well, they do other things too. But <laughs> I, won't, I won't mention that part. But you understand what I'm saying? They have to have the food. They're dependent on someone to feed them. We are depending on God to feed us. Yeah, I know this is simple stuff, but it's true. Desire for God's word. There has to be something in us that says, 
I want that word. I want to be able to receive that. I want to understand that. I want to know what God is saying. We just talk about things sometimes in the humanistic way, but we need the word of God to do something in our hearts. You know what I like about the grace of God? You can taste it. God's grace is palatable. You can taste it. Have you tasted? Have you seen that the Lord is good? Have you tasted that the Lord is good? Have you understood that God wants the best for you? God is still wants the best for us. I don't think God wants to cause us to grow to a certain level and then all of a sudden stop. And a lot of Christians have stopped. Stopped growing. We must mature. We must grow in grace. The thing about the eagles, the little eaglets, eventually have to feed themselves. You know, you can feed people all the time, but you've got to feed yourself. Amen? You can't be spoon-fed your whole life. You can't be given a bottle your whole life. You can't expect someone else to feed you your whole life. You've got to feed yourself. You've got to get into that word and tear it apart yourself. You've got to find out what does that mean to me? What is God saying to me? You know, it's easy to just hear sermons in a public place like this, and then sometimes we don't really take it on ourselves because we're thinking that my neighbor's the one that really needs that. The person behind me is the one that really needs that. The preacher needs that more than I do, so I don't really have to pay that much attention to it. But listen, every word that God speaks, every word that comes out of God's mouth is valuable. Every word that God speaks is something for our good, something for our benefit. God wants us to know the truth because that's what sets us free. It's not just, I know Jesus is Lord. That's one thing. That's not everything, by the way. I know that Jesus saved me. That's one thing. That's not everything. I want more. I want to know more of God. How about you? Not satisfied with just a little bit of God. I want all of God that I can get. Listen to these words. That I may know him, the apostle says, in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, not conformed to the world, but conformed to his death, living a sacrificial life. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Listen to these words in verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind, reaching forward to those things that are before. That's the key word here, reaching forward to the things that are before me. Not living in the past, not even living in the moment, but reaching forward into what God has planned for my progress, for my constant renewing of the Holy Spirit. We need a renewing of our mind, a renewing of the Holy Ghost, a renewing of the power of Jesus that sets people free. Let us, as many as are mature, he says, have this mind in us, have this desire to progress and move forward. 
Don't live in the past. Live for Jesus and what he has in plan for you. See, there's this process that we're going through. I call it the process of renewal because it doesn't just happen. It just happened one time. It happens over and over and over again. There are th three things I want to mention. First of all, if we want to be renewed in the spirit of our mind and in the Holy Spirit, then we must keep the words and treasure the commands of God in our heart. Proverbs 7, 1 through 3. My son, keep my words. Treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live. And my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Treasure the word of God. There's nothing more valuable than the living word of God. Obey the word of God. Psalm 119.9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word of God must be treasured. The word of God must be obeyed. And God will bring renewal to your life. I believe that in my heart. Do you believe that? You probably may not remember the story of Hezekiah in the Bible, but Hezekiah was a great reformer. He brought revival to his people. The people had forgotten who God was. The people had left off their devotions to God. They, they had let the lamps go dim in the temple. The doors were broken down and, and ill-repaired. There was a lot of junk and garbage cluttering the place. And so Hezekiah comes from the Spirit of the Lord, the Bible says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That's a simple statement. Hezekiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, just like his father David had done. Four steps that Hezekiah took to bring revival, to bring renewal. Four steps to bring spiritual awareness to his people. First of all, he opened the doors to the temple and he repaired them. Secondly, he commanded the leaders to sanctify themselves and remove rubbish from the house. Thirdly, he made a covenant with the Lord. And fourthly, he restored worship. He did these things to bring restoration to God's people. They had lost their sense of the holiness of God's house. He commanded them, the leaders, to sanctify themselves. There was ever a time when spiritual leaders need to fall on their face before God is now. We can't live on what we know. We can't live on what we have experienced. We need to be set apart every day. Sanctify yourself. And they took the garbage out of the house. They took the false idols out of the house. And they took them to the brook Kidron Kidron is a place of judgment. Kidron is a place of separation. They took this, this rubbish out of the house and buried it on the other side of the brook Kidron. And then they made a covenant with the Lord and worship was restored and all the people rejoiced that worship was restored to the house of the Lord. And it says the reason they were so excited because it, the thing happened suddenly. 
only it didn't happen suddenly. It did happen suddenly, but there was a process involved. I think that we might see a move of God in these last days. I think it's possible that we might see a new anointing in these last days. I think it's possible that we might, as a church, rise up and take our position to glorify Jesus Christ. I believe those things are possible. I believe those things are happening right now. I want to see those things happen in our church. Amen? God is moving and let's move with him. Let's don't be left behind. Let's don't be left out. Therefore, lay aside everything that hinders you. Lay aside filthiness, the overflow of wickedness. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. He does. He who does the word, be doers of the word rather than hearers only. Sometimes we look at the word, but we don't do it. We're like looking at a mirror in our face. We see it, we walk away, we forget what we look like. Sometimes it's a good thing. <laughs> Can I get an amen? What's God saying to you this morning? Are you hearing him calling you to a place of renewal by placing his word in your heart and in your life? Is that what God's saying to you? Is God saying to you that you need to press in a little bit closer to Jesus? Is God saying to us this morning that we need to confess our sin and bow our knee and say, Lord, you did it once. You can do it again. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Thank you for the life that comes through your word. As we speak your word, they are words of life, words that will change our hearts, words that will renew us and recharge us we ask, Lord Jesus, right now that these words that have been spoken today will find their place in our heart and that we will rise up, that we will rise up on wings of eagles, that we will rise and be who you have called us to be, light in the darkness, hope for people around us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for a declaration with me this morning. Dear Lord, I recognize that your word is life to me. That your word is inspiration to me. That your word can change my life. prayer, please come after we're finished. We always have someone here to pray with you. If, if you need prayer, please don't hesitate to come up. 
face shine upon you. May he give you peace in Jesus' name.